0: Hello, I'm Jim White and this time of year, here's a familiar voice to introduce this week's edition of our regular arts and culture podcast. It's Christmas! Yes, this week for one week only. It's my pleasure to welcome you to... So oh, here it
1: is, Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun.
0: We'll be discussing the voice of Christmas, Mr Noddy Holder, later in the show. We'll also be unveiling which movie is our choice of the ultimate Christmas flick. Parents Art, AS2. AS2, what, what, what's that AS2? Angel, second class. And can any new Christmas albums ever knock the classic off the top spot? You're were you pretty clean of New York City when, when the, band band dream, they up the the mountains mountains And I'm delighted to say we'll be chatting to Christopher Biggins on the enduring appeal of the panto. Mr.
1: Ah, there's my call. On with the
0: show. But first, it's the debate that just won't go away. Some like them sad. Who are
2: you?
3: The ghost. What do you want? To
0: inspect your heart and soul. Some like them silly
1: is singing loud for all
0: to hear. Some like them soppy. I
2: don't want a life for Christmas. There's
4: just one thing I need.
0: Some like them nice. And some... Like them a little bit
3: naughty. A hopeless kid. Wedgie. And a Santa nobody liked. Are teaching each other a lesson. Is that your underwear? Part of it. Where's
4: the rest of it? Actually, I don't want to know.
0: But what we can all agree on is that nothing gets you more in the festive mood than a good Christmas flick. Joining me to pick through the best and worst Christmas films is The Daily Mail's TV critic, Claudia Connell, and our own movie expert, Brian Viner. One of the things that every family will do this Christmas is gather around the TV and watch their favourite Christmas movie. It's something that's been going on since television was invented. And I'm joined by Brian Viner, The Daily Mail's film critic, and Claudia Connell, The Daily Mail's television critic, to tell me what their favourites are and always have been. Um, Brian, what were you brought up on?
4: Well, I was brought up on um, Christmas films that weren't really Christmas films because I think when, when our generation talks about our favourite Christmas films it tends to be films that we saw at Christmas when you know there weren't streaming options and all that kind of stuff and you only had three channels and... And you bought the Radio Times bumper edition with, you know, your heart thumping with excitement. And, <laughs> and so it was always the greatest like, escape. And it was the greatest <laughs> escape And it was, it was the sound of music and alive with the sound of music You know, The Wizard of Oz. Jason and the Argonauts. When I think about my favourite Christmas films, it tends to be those. But in terms of of Christmas films about Christmas, then I'm a a shameless traditionalist and I have to go back to there was a period of about three or four years at the end of the Second World War when about four real all-time eternal classics were made in terms of Christmas. Uh, And It's a Wonderful Life is, is, is the greatest of those.
0: Why do you want to save me? That's what I was sent down for, I'm your guardian angel. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money, $8,000. Yeah, I think, just things like that, now, how do you know that? I told you I'm your guardian angel, I know everything about you.
4: And certainly the best known 1946, Frank Capra, James Stewart, uh, just a truly wonderful, oh, heartwarming, full of post-war optimism. Full wasn't it? of post- yeah, absolutely. It was like almost like a parable of the war. Things seemed to be going terribly badly, uh, and then it all ended up, you know, fine. So uh, more than fine, you know, wonderful. So, um, so that uh, "Meet Me in St. Louis" was another one. The young, youngish Judy Garland. When Louis
2: came home to the flats, he hung up his coat and his hat. He gazed all around, but no wifey he found. So he said, Where can Flossie be at?
4: Great, full of great music, the trolley song and all that stuff. Uh, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, all that. And then there's a lovely film called The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant and David Niven and Loretta Young. That was in about sort of 40, 46.
1: Let us ask ourselves
3: what he would wish for most. And then let each put in his share. Loving kindness, warm hearts, and the stretched out hand of tolerance. All the shining gifts that make peace on earth
4: And Miracle on 34th Street.
0: Well, young lady, and what's your name? I'm
5: sorry she doesn't speak English, she's Dutch. She just came over. She's been living in an orphan's home in Rotterdam ever since, well, we've adopted her. I told her you wouldn't be able to speak to her, but when she saw you in the parade yesterday, she said you were Santa Claus, as she calls you, and you could talk to her. Well, I didn't know what to do.
1: Hello. Ik ben blij dat je gekomen bent.
3: Oh, Ben Santa Claus. Yes. Uh,
4: yes, I guess I set in Macy's department store. That, that that's not the Richard store,
0: Attenborough one. That was a remake.
4: That was a remake in the 90s. Yeah, and of course that and that was lovely too and Richard, you know, Richard Attenborough's a lovely kind of avuncular, wonderful kind of Father Christmas figure. But no, uh, Edmund Glenn played him in the original and that was in the, the,
0: the 40s and
4: it's just charming. It's so,
0: charming. Claudia, you, you were brought up in an era with slightly more to watch. What's <laughs> what, what have you enjoyed around Christmas time? I
5: was just listening to Brian's list and thinking, I haven't seen any... People are always appalled when I say, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I, um, oh gosh, this is really unoriginal, but I, I do love Elf. I mean, I I, I, I <laughs> yeah. remember there was a national outcry, was it about two years ago when nobody bought, it, bought the TV right? It wasn't All on right. TV one Christmas, yeah. but it is. I think it's on ITV, I've, I've got it this Thank year. Thank heavens.
0: I know. What would have yeah. happened without Elf? every day like Christmas.
2: Number two. There's room for everyone on the nice, nice. list. Number three. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Elf is a
5: great film. Actually, I was reading that apparently Jim Carrey was originally going to go f- have the role as the elf. I can't imagine right. him doing it quite so well. And um yeah. I I love a bit of schmaltz at Christmas, so I I really like Love actually. That's usually on every year as well. Got a lot for
4: Christmas. There's just one thing I
0: need. I can see Brian sort of
4: blanching the colour. Kind of, the color kind of has gaffed, left your cheeks. I, I gasped and clutched my throat when Claudia admitted she'd never seen It's a Wonderful Life and now I'm having to and do that, it again oh. because uh, I'm I'm kind of allergic to love actually. I I just find it so crass and oh mawkish and I just, I kind of can't bear it, I'm afraid. But uh, but I know, like you, Claudia, many, many people love it, so...
0: Yeah, yeah uh, in our family, we always used to gather on Christmas Eve and watch The Muppets Christmas Carol, which I thought was a brilliant take on... Sort of the invention of the modern Christmas, which is yeah. the Dickensian story, and it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautifully, beautifully told, some great songs, yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, we still watch it. You know, my, my children are now all grown up, but nope, that's gotta be watched gotta be at absolutely. some
1: point. Magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. The promise of excitement, is one the night will keep?
3: After all, there's only one more
4: sleep till Christmas. Of all the adaptations, all the screen adaptations that have been done over Christmas Carol, it is just about the most faithful to Dickens' original story. Um, and yet it's, it's Muppet, you know, it's Kermit the Frog, as Bob Cratchit, for heaven's sake, it's, and and of course Michael Caine is Scrooge. Michael Caine is yeah, the definitive yeah. Scrooge the definitive in our household. Scrooge, yeah. uh, the
0: yeah. other movie, uh, Claudia, that we've always enjoyed uh, in, in our house uh, is
3: Bad Santa. Oh
5: yeah, I love Bad Santa.
3: A hopeless kid, Wedgie. and a Santa nobody liked oh! are teaching each other a lesson. Is that your
4: underwear? Part of it. Where's the rest of it? Actually, I don't want to know. This holiday season, <laughs> the naughtiest guy in town
3: just might discover. He's a really sweet kid, isn't he? Yeah, I guess so. How to be nice.
0: Good
5: night Santa. Good night Mrs. Santa's sister.
0: <laughs> this is undermining the whole idea of the Christmas movie. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a really unpleasant lead character. Billy Bob Thornton plays this guy who plays Santa yeah. in the shopping mall uh, as a front to being able to Steal a, from it at exactly, the end of it, and commit a, thief, a robbery at yeah. the end of it, and uh, it's about his redemption, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and he's, he's a really he's a, a great foul-mouthed Santa. I and mean, there's a brilliant scenes where he has the children sitting on his knee in the grotto. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a good. Um, it's not really a family film, is it? But it's it's a it's a good grown-up <laughs> film to
4: watch. At Christmas there are some outside. moments yes. in it that are
0: not. <laughs> they're not for family listening. But, yes, but so. Billy Bob Thornton's finest. Uh, performance for me. Uh,
4: well, he's done a lot. I mean, I'm a. He big did a fan sequel, his, didn't he? A yeah. sequel was that terrible, was awful. Yeah. yeah, but he, but he's. A, I'm a big fan. But he wasn't the original choice. He was really. Uh, yeah, they looked at Jack Nicholson and Robert De Niro. Some, some, you know, some serious big movie stars for that role. And eventually, thank goodness, settled on Billy Bob Thornton, who is terrific in that part. I mean, he's just. He yeah. You can't imagine anyone else, anyone else doing it as well as him. Um, no, it's great. It's the, it is the definitive, subversive Christmas movie.
0: Yeah, there, there, are, there have been others uh, that have sort of taken the Christmas theme uh, and, and set a, a, a proper story. I mean, I'm thinking of Trading Places, for instance, yeah. where Christmas is just a sort of background, a useful background, rather than being uh, the point of the movie. I'll
1: bet that that man could run our company as well as your young woodthorpe. Are we talking about a wager, Randolph? Is there a problem opposite? Oh, Winthorpe. I'm glad your parents are not alive to see this. But, but no, wait, now this is totally preposterous. I'm not a
0: thief.
4: Yes, that's right. And, they, and another one that people don't think of as a Christmas film is, is um, Batman Returns.
0: It's time for me
4: to ascend.
1: From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. <laughs>
4: Um, just, just a tip: go back to it, have a look at it, immerse yourself in it, and watch Gotham City just totally kind of Christmas-fied, if that's a word. Actually, it's a great film to watch at Christmas, and you've got, and it's also fun, and you've got Danny DeVito playing
0: Penguin. and... It's, uh,
5: who's it's who's great. the Batman in that one? Michael Keaton. Oh, that's Michael
4: Keaton.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and and Brian, can you see anything on the horizon that is actually going to fill the gap for the next generation? I mean, I, I know you've already dismissed Last Christmas as not not even oh, being worth the no. the money to go and see it at the no, cinema. But no, no. what what else what else is around that you think might become a, a, a classic in the future?
4: Well, I've said and I've I've talked about it on a previous podcast, Jim, but um, there's a new adaptation of Little Women, the Louisa May Alcott classic, written in the 1860s.
5: Women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it.
4: This one is written and directed by Greta Gerwig, um, very talented young American, and it is absolutely delightful. It has Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, and then it has Meryl Streep playing Aunt March. If you know the story, she's she's terrific in it. It's um, and Laura Dern plays the mother of the of the four March sisters. It is really, really beautifully done. It's um, and I I was kind of gurning to stop myself sobbing audibly during it. It really is one of those. And I think that will become a classic. I hope it does because it's the, for me, and people listening will kind of grimace when I say this because there was a, a version with Elizabeth Taylor in the in the late 40s that people think of as the definitive. But I think this is is better and I think it will become a Christmas classic.
0: And, and Claudia, um, obviously things like The Snowman will be yeah. out there and, and and we've got, we there's plenty to love. But do you think the family will still gather around the tv to watch a christmas movie or are we all now all off on our different screens all consuming our box sets in different rooms of the house
5: well i mean we know from from tv ratings that they've i mean you always used to get like a bond film was was always one that would get its huge ratings on christmas day <laughs> And that does, doesn't really happen anymore because people have either, yeah, they've, they've they've seen it at the cinema or they've seen it, they've already seen it on a you know a, a streaming channel. So, I, I think people do sit down and watch TV together, but not in the huge numbers that they did sort of 30 years ago.
0: Uh, Brian, final thought. So the Viner family, yeah. Christmas Eve, yeah. glass of mulled wine. Mm, it's a wonderful life, isn't it? At? Two, yeah. Two, two. Um, two glasses.
4: Yeah. Um... Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we would we would sit down as a family. Well, the children might kind of possibly drift off. It has to be said. When I say drift off, I don't mean fall asleep. <laughs> drift off to their. As you were just saying, there their other you know their sc- other screens and other. Uh, but certainly for my wife and I, it is yeah absolutely a,
0: a real uh, Christmas tradition. And Claudia, the Connell family, what will you be all watching?
5: Oh, I love, actually, Emma Thompson opening that CD, not getting the necklace. <laughs> well,
0: this is my other. Slightly special, personal one. Thank you. That's
5: a real first. Rip it! What
0: is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to it, All right, I'll rip it. God, that's a surprise.
3: What is it? (laughs) It's
4: a CD. Brian's (laughs)
0: Brian's <laughs> Brian is actually he's yeah. actually needs needs to leave the room at that Claudia but actually
4: if I think if, I mean it is lovely to see a rom com at Christmas but I I would uh, put forward you've got Mail, as the
0: uh, which I think is a more charming Tom Hanks has that got a Christmas theme too yeah, I can't remember yeah
4: absolutely yeah, i tell you a
0: film so I'll tell you a film I always love it's not Christmas of course so it probably doesn't really Feature—it's—it's an American thing, so it's Thanksgiving. But I love planes, trains, and automobiles. It kind of sums up the way in which we're all desperately trying to get home for Christmas. In this case, it's Thanksgiving. We're all desperately trying to get home and failing. I was
4: on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. Why are you holding my hand?
1: Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't
0: pillows. Uh, And and, and for me, that is the movie that tells us all we'll be buying our Christmas presents in the motorway services. (laughs) I (laughs) hope not. Thanks to Claudia and Brian. If you fancy catching some of those Christmas classics, then The Holiday and, I'm afraid, Love Actually are streaming on Amazon Prime now. And you can find The Nativity and The Grinch on Netflix. So... If we're not watching the box, what do we all do at Christmas? Well, the chances are we'll be heading off to the theatre to enjoy our annual dose of that great British institution, the Christmas pantomime. One man who knows more about our abiding love affair with this extraordinary theatrical tradition is the great Christopher Biggins, currently starring as, who else, Widow Twanky in Aladdin in Bromley. And Christopher joins me now. How many years have you been in panto, Christopher?
1: I think... I've been doing it for 44 years and I missed it one year when I was doing The Jungle.
0: Ah, oh, right. That was a big loss for, yeah. the, for, big loss for the world. What, <laughs> what is it that makes us keep coming back to the Panto?
1: I think it's because it is such a wonderful family entertainment. And, you know, I've gone out there and I've looked out of the audience and sometimes on the front row I've seen a mother, a young mother, feeding her baby on her titty and sitting next to her mother and who's sitting next to her mother. And so it's a whole family. You know, everybody gets involved and it's terribly important and it is a wonderful institution. There's nothing else like it in this country.
0: Has it changed much? I mean, are you saying the same lines that you said 44 years ago?
1: Practically, (laughs) yes. It has changed a bit, obviously. You know, you have some topical stuff in and what have you, but it's it's very... And you're still doing... Some of the funniest routines are ones that you've been doing for 44 years, yes, because they're so wonderful and they work brilliantly.
0: I mean, one of the things about it is that I've always loved about going to the Panto is seeing children who don't normally go to the theatre being so absorbed by the magic of the place... What, what, know, what do I they think, grab out of it most, do you think? Life is so depressing.
1: You know, we've had three and a half years of Brexit uh, for a, a start, and then everything else. And I think it's just a way to, for people to get out and really laugh and have taken away into a fairy tale land of these wonderful characters. And it's interesting, when I started, uh, principal boys were played by women in gorgeous fishnet stockings and slapping their thighs and say 12 o'clock and still no sign of Dick. And I love that. But but unfortunately now, not not unfortunately, fortunately they've now changed it to a man playing the hero. And I think that's right because I think children look up to a, 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 an alter ego that they can appreciate and they know that this is what they, they could achieve. And by the same token, that's for boys, and the same token girls can achieve you know, being a princess or looking like a princess or whatever. And I think that's important that they have these ideas. So
0: it has evolved over time then, Christopher. There there have been uh, nods to what's going on in the wider world then.
1: Yes, there have been. I mean, I I personally, I know that there are some women who play dames, which, you know, not because I play a dame, but I feel that it's not quite as funny as a man playing it because a man can get away with lots of things And also, I mean, I have 14 costume changes in this and they love to see a man my size come on stage in a different costume. And at the end of the pantomime, I fly in and to see a man as big as me flying in in an outrageous costume
0: (laughs) is
3: hysterical.
0: Uh, You've played all over the country. Um, Are there regional variations? Do people in Newcastle (laughs) laugh at the same things as people in Brighton?
1: No, there is a, a great difference. I remember I was doing a pantomime in Brighton and I was doing Dick Whittington. And then the last week, well, when we finished, I went up to Glasgow and it was very different. And the only mistake I, I learned lines on the train going up to Glasgow and the only mistake I made on the first night was calling Jack Dick.
0: <laughs> That's quite a serious mistake. You you implied when you were talking before that there's always a little bit of innuendo that obviously goes over the heads of the youngsters and the adults love it. People have tried to yeah. do adult pantos. Do, do they work as well as those old family ones? Well
1: i saw uh, jim davidson's cinderella and it was hysterical i mean it, it truly was wonderful and it, it, and he used to do i did one of his he did a midnight show at various places and i did one in bristol for him and it was outrageous and we were still going i think it's five thirty in the morning there were people asleep in the wings <laughs> because they were so exhausted. But they are enormous fun. They're great, and I'm, I'm all for them. They're like one-offs, really. It'll never be as big as pantomime. But Jim did do them fantastically. They were wonderful.
0: You're in Bromley. Where, where else around the country would you recommend us going?
1: Well, the Palladium, the London Palladium, now does the biggest pantomime in the country, which is fantastic, star I mean, unbelievable effects. And then there's Birmingham with my friend Leslie Joseph, Manchester, which has got a great pantomime, there's Southampton, they're, they're, they're all over the place. I mean, they, they really are. I don't quite know how many are going on, but I think they're in the hundreds, and they are all, nearly all brilliant.
0: This is the most wonderful institution, as we've talked about, but I'm going to pin you down here, Christopher Biggins. What is your favourite line? What is the line you always love delivering?
1: Well, I, I mean, one of my favorite lines, I think I may have already said to you, you know, if you're doing Dick Whittington and you come on, you, say, uh, you look at your uh, the imaginary watch, 12 o'clock and still no sign of Dick, it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous line. And it, it causes a lot of hilarity and mirth between the, the, the adults. And I love that.
0: Christopher, thank you very much. We're gonna leave you to getting ready for how many how many costume changes did you say you you fourteen. You, and, and and you're doing this what? Twice a day, three times a day?
1: Never three times. No, no, no. Twice a day. Sometimes you do get a bit confused. You think have I done this already? <laughs> you certainly do. I once was made to do three shows a day, which I was vowed I would never do again. But uh, when you do three shows, the first one is fine, the second one is a nightmare. Uh, and you're thinking about you're going to have to do a third and it all becomes uh, very complicated and, and, and you can't really, you don't know what to do, where to breathe, what to look at and what
0: line to say. Bizarre. 44 years you've been doing this. That's a remarkable record. When do, you, <laughs> when do you start then or do you just slot into it and you don't need to rehearse? I mean, when do you start the process of getting involved in a, in a panto?
1: Well, we look at the script and we, you know, see what it's like and then look at various other things. I'm very lucky to have great producers who know what's best for me and they put it on the printed page
0: and I just do it. We'll let you magic off now. Back to Aladdin. Thanks so much for joining us, Christopher.
1: Thank you very much indeed. Lovely. Merry Christmas to you all.
0: That was Christopher Biggins, Dame Extraordinaire, who's appearing as Widow Twanky in Bromley's Aladdin this year. From about the beginning of November, it's impossible to walk into a shop without hearing Noddy Holder screaming at you that it's Christmas. So here it is, Merry
1: Christmas. Everybody's fun.
0: Music and Christmas have always been hand in hand, the classic songs that we sing Every year, like carols. And joining me is Adrian Thrills, the Daily Mail's music critic, to talk about their classics, the greats, the best they've ever been of, and
3: some of the turkeys, too, of Christmas offerings. Uh, Adrian, what's your favourite Christmas song? God, where do you start? I'm, I'm a sucker for a really good Christmas song, and uh, obviously growing up in the 70s and 80s, I, I I loved all those kind of glammy hits, you know, Slade, Wizard, John and Yoko. I really like Greg Lake's I Believe in Father Christmas. I thought it was a lovely song. They said there'll
0: be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth. But instead it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth.
3: And then, of course, you've got those classics of the 80s, the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. They
2: got
4: You promised me Broadway was waiting for me
3: It'd be very hard to find a, a better Christmas record than that. And I've also uh, had a really soft spot for... Always had a soft spot for George Michael's Last Christmas it's a nice song and i think it's just one of his best vocal performances he sings the song so well the way he kind of kind of floats around the melody it's it's a lovely george michael performance these are all very very old adrian i mean has there not been anything more contemporary than that that has floated you both i think there's been i think there's a dearth of really good new christmas records and i think if if someone could come up with one or two they'd be doing us all a service to stop us listening from the same old songs every year every year as you say there's a spate of new records and this year's no different so there's, there's a couple of nice albums there's one by the broadway singer lee michelle he'd be well known to people who watched glee
2: rockefeller's covered in the lights families are playing on the ice from harlem to the battery every corner's bustling suddenly it's christmas
3: She's a New Yorker, and she captures the spirit of New York City a little bit on her, her record, Christmas in the City. They're, they're really big, glossy show tunes, and uh, she's got a couple of other Glee members on the, in the cast with her. Also, our old friend Chris Kamara, he's done a, a Christmas record.
0: Santa baby, slip a Rolex under the tree for me Been an awful good boy Santa baby And hurry down the chimney tonight
3: And it's surprisingly reasonable. Chris can hold a note, his timing's a little bit off occasionally, but he's got a very recognisable voice and he tackles a few of the classics and he adds his own little twists. Slip a Rolex under the tree, he sings on Santa baby. Who else? Rick Wakeman, he's done a nice album of Christmas instrumentals. He's a very very talented musician Rick, and I think this album his was inspired goes right back to when he played he played life on Mars on radio two after David Bowie died, and he obviously played on the original. And and I think that's inspired him to make a couple of records. He did one a couple of years ago just called Piano Portraits, which is just literally him and the piano. And he's done the same with with Christmas songs and, you know, In the Bleak Wind Winter and Silent Night, all the kind of great hymns. And he puts just a lovely feel on those. There's a few others not quite so impressive this year. Robbie Williams, I think we talked about um, the other week, his... His Christmas Present is uh, it's a 28-track double album, and I think there's there's a really good single album in there, but he, he really does stretch the patience with, um, with 28 tracks. There's the usual slew of Christmas schmaltz. The, the Royal Philharmonic have done an album, Christmas with the Stars.
0: Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your
4: heart be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight
3: where they're adding even more strings and schmaltz onto uh, Let It Snow and When A Child Is Born and Mary's Boy Child.
0: It's extraordinary, though, Adrian. We're, we're, obviously, Christmas is a time of nostalgia. Obviously, we look back and, you know, we do the same things year on year on year. But if you look back to the absolute classic, which is the Phil Spector Christmas album, that was breaking new ground at the time, wasn't it? <laughs> and it has now become so definitive
3: that no one dares break away from that almost. No, it's a lovely record. It's one that we always put on every year as we're putting up the tree and you've got Darlene Love, The Ronettes, Crystals, all these kind of classic girl groups from the 60s. And those records, they were like classic pop records. They They were a bit cheesy as well, but that's what you want from a Christmas record, really. It's that kind of striking that balance between brilliance and pure corniness you know you, you need a bit of festive cheese don't you so it's going to be phil spectre is
0: going to be either whatever you do vinyl streaming not cds whatever you do with your music phil spector has got to be in there for christmas
3: i think i think phil's is still the definitive christmas album yes
0: hn thrills thanks so much for joining us Television has been a central part of Christmas for generations. And who better to tell us what's worth watching this Christmas than the woman who knows, the Daily Mail's television critic, Claudia Connell. Claudia, what should we be watching over Christmas?
5: The big programme for the BBC is Gavin and Stacey, which they're putting on on Christmas Day in a prime time slot.
0: First Are you asking me to step in? What? Are you asking me... To step into Christmas, step
1: into Christmas, we
5: can watch the snow It's ten years. years. Since uh, since the series ended, ten again. years. Ten no, years. you are joking. Yeah. It is ten years because in, in this one, um, Neil, who was the, the son of uh, Smithy, and Nessa is, is ten years old, and he's uh, yeah. And uh, Gavin and Stacey have three children when we we meet them again. This I,
0: is a whole new world we're going to. Yeah, I mean it's fascinating, isn't it? In the time, in that time since yeah. it, it happened, you know, James Corden's gone on to great things. A lot of the cast have really developed. It must have been so tricky to get them all all back together their but, schedules
5: yeah, actually sheridan smith isn't there she she's missing she she played uh, i love Smithy. sheridan smith yeah. smith is smith's sister yeah she was great yeah rudy so it's a shame that she's not there but but everybody else is there so it, gavin and Stacey's they're they're 10 years married so the the rot is setting in a little bit they're mostly happy and like most couples they split their christmases between barry and essex and this This year they're going to Barry for Christmas, and Mick and Pam go along. And Pam's not very happy because I don't know if you remember from the original Gwen only ever cooked omelettes. So I think uh, Bryn is going to be doing the the Christmas lunch,
0: and that'll be a disaster. Rob Brydon, it will not be a cook. I can't imagine. No, no, no. Stacey, would you kindly inform everyone that dinner will be delayed? It's a television programme of such charm yes such delightful script and 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 absolutely compelling watching do you think they've managed to recapture that 10 years on
5: well that's the worry isn't it because people love the programme so much and whatever what nobody wants is for them to come back after a decade and the Christmas special is awful but but it's not it's it's really charming it's really delightful and it, it will be a huge hit
0: everybody talks of course about the old days about uh, Morecambe and Wise bringing mm. everybody around the television. It's not like that anymore. Things no, aren't like that no. anymore. But presumably all of the channels have got big hitters out on, on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, yeah, like well, the, that.
5: Yeah, the BBC just pretty much follow the same format every year now. They have a Strictly Special. They have a call on the midwife. I always read my maps upside down. It's an absolutely infallible way of working out left and right.
1: Oh! If you're going to slow to a dead stop every time a specimen
2: of the local wildlife holds interview, we won't attain our objective this side of Christmas.
5: Which they've got a nap at Mrs Brown's boys.
2: Hello, Cathy. Hello, Mrs McGuggan. Good morning, Cathy,
5: love. Do not speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> She's not happy. She's just annoyed with me. She says I'm too nosy. She said that. No, no, I read it in her diary. <laughs>
2: Garden hasn't got a diary. She keeps men's names in what she calls her little black book.
5: Volumes one, two and
0: three. <laughs> Mrs Brown's yeah. boys. Not please, not a Christmas oh, yeah. Day Mrs Brown's yeah. boys. Yeah, a new well, one. Well, that'll please Michael Gove. so that's good. Uh, <laughs>
5: Yes, as long as he's happy, it's. I, I can't think of a, a program that just divides people more than Mrs. Brown's Boys. I mean, what I'm, is it
0: about Mrs. Brown's Boys? I, I mean, you and I obviously agree that we would rather stick our head in a bucket of custard than watch it. But what? But thousands of people, by people watch its it. Appeal, it.
5: But yeah, it's it's always one of the top five rated shows at Christmas time. The one this year is called "It's a Wonderful Mammy," so it's a take on "It's a Wonderful Life" where. Mammy has fallen out with all of her family and a ghost visits her to show her what life would be like without her. And I've, I, I can imagine a life without her. It's, <laughs> it's quite a pleasant one, actually.
2: Give us a pint of cider. Well, that was
5: a
0: bit of a hullabaloo. but
5: Oh, yeah, whatever. She'll she be fine.
2: Having a bad day. Bad, the worst. My daughter's not speaking to me. Me daughter now hates me. My son says he'd be better off if I wasn't his mother. And now me best friend thinks she'd be better off having any friend or no friend rather than me. Oh, dear. Did you ever have a day where you just
0: wish you weren't born? Well, maybe I could help you find out if you like. What? I'm an angel.
5: So yes, that's on Christmas Day, and the BBC have also done a new production of A Christmas Carol. Um, I mean, God, how many different productions of A Christmas Carol? Has it got Muppet
0: been? in it or not? Uh, no, 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 oh, no. I'm not this is it, then. Um,
5: this has actually been adapted by Stephen Knight, the uh, Peaky Blinders creator. So oh right, this so is a lot of
0: death and murder. Very
5: dark and edgy. I mean, no one gets slashed with a radar blade, but it's not. It's certainly not. It's not family viewing. It's got. It's got a great cast.
0: What do you want to inspect your heart and soul?
5: Justice will grab you by the throat and drag you to the truth.
1: I don't care for riddles. This
3: is not a game, Ebenezer Scrooge.
5: Guy Pierce plays ebenezer scrooge andy circus is a ghost of christmas past and Stephen graham is is jacob marley Ooh, no, that's, and that's that's a three-parter that three sounds, that so sounds that looks, a real yes very very dark and creepy a real winner yes.
0: a real winner so uh, anything else claudia that we really need to uh get our i was going to say our our video recorders out does for but do it it, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we should stream
5: um, a lovely family production the, the snail and the whale which is animation and that's not that's the bbc's christmas family offering and um, it's adapted from the julia donaldson book and dame diana rigg is a narrator actually rob bryden voices uh, the whale so he's you're gonna hear him a lot on your tv on christmas day and um sally hawkins is the snail and it's, it's just a really charming tale it's only half an hour long and it's the story of a snail who hitches a ride on a on on a humpback whale, and um, if anyone hasn't read the book, spoiler alert, the whale gets beached. Quick, off the sand, back to sea, cried the snail.
0: I... I can't move on land. I'm too big.
3: Moaned the whale.
5: And so it's, it's a story of the snail's bid to rescue... Her friend, the way. Sounds very
0: Christmassy. Claudia. It's very
5: Christmassy and it's very uplifting and it's very, yes, yeah, very charming.
0: Thanks so much to Claudia Connell, the Daily Mail's TV critic. If you were going to celebrate Christmas anywhere other than home, where better than New York? A place whose way with a festivity has become familiar through movies and television shows. But is reality really like the films? I'm joined by the Daily Mail's Jackie Stephen to find out what it's like to spend Christmas on the other side of the pond. We've just been talking about the great Christmas movies and so many of them are set in New York, never mind Victorian London. New York seems to be the backdrop that movie makers love most when it comes to Christmas, thinking of Trading Places, Miracle on 34th Street. Jackie, is it like being on a film set?
2: I've always felt that being in New York at Christmas is like a film set. It's really extraordinary. You've got the big tree at the Rockefeller Centre, which is the most divine thing on the planet. You can just go there and you feel as if, you know, there should be children in little sweaters and with sleigh bells on. In actual fact, it's a nightmare. There are kids there screaming because their parents have dragged them out and they're too tired to stay at the Rockefeller Centre. But it's magical. The stores are fantastic. There's a chill in the air. It's absolutely gorgeous. On Christmas Day, I'll be in my local jazz club, Birdland, which is fantastic. Billy Stritch, who is Liza Minnelli's musical director, he'll be on the piano and Jim Caruso. Who is that's his real name? He'll be singing, and I go there quite a lot. And this year, they've also got Donny Osmond singing at Christmas. Oh, now, Donny. No. Cin- cin- Donny. Yeah, and uh, he's a very good friend of this. And Donnie finished his stretch in Vegas quite recently, just about two weeks ago with Marie. So that's going to be a real treat to go there. And I think the important thing at Christmas generally, not just in New York, is to do something to make it special. Yes, Christmas is a time for children, but it's also lovely to go and do something yourself. I'm of an age now where I don't want presents, I don't want cards, but I treat myself. And I go to something like Birdland where I can hear nice songs, and go and see the tree. You have to be a grown-up child, but without spending money.
0: So will Donny be le- leading a sing-along of Christmas carols?
2: Well, he will by the time I drag him up on the stage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a thought. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Jackie.
2: And to you, and to everyone else.
0: And that's it from It's Christmas. Thanks to all my guests, thank you to Noddy, and thank you to you for listening. We'll be back next week with a special show sizing up the best in arts and culture over the last decade If you'd like to get in touch with your choices email us at itsfriday at mailplus.co.uk But for now I'm Jim White, wishing you the merriest of Merry Christmases Goodbye